No, 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 no. I want to die after a long, natural, enjoyable, um, ex- fully experienced life. I don't want to die in a freaking mosh pit. That's ridiculous. Hello, and welcome to Here in L.A., Hancock Park Edition. Today, we talk with Reeming Poon. Reeming is a music lover, a PR expert, and one of the reasons you probably have a Guitar Hero guitar or two in your closet. She worked with Activision for many, many years, working with artists to help roll out and maintain one of the biggest video games of all time. She's also a USC graduate and a native Angelino. We'll talk about how her upbringing shaped her into this wildly successful person and a few things about Hancock Park. So please welcome Reeming Poon. I am here in Hancock Park. No. But we are here with, is it Ree? Did you say Ree? No, it's Reeming. Reeming. Yeah. So you use both words. Well, that's my name. We had a guy on here, uh, Alexis Olivier. Mm-hmm. Ray. And I, I just thought that the Olivier was the middle name. Yeah, no. Well, Chinese, I mean, it's, it's Reming is my first name, mm-hmm. right? I have a, I do have a Western middle name that I did go by for about 25 years. And what was that? I can't say. Oh. I don't want to give people my full name. Okay. You know but, you know, to. I did it like all through high school um, because people were afraid of the hyphen. I grew up here in Hancock Park. Afraid. Afraid. Like, first day of school was really traumatizing for me all the time. For you? Yeah, of course. Because they would try, not really try, and then butcher the first name. So, re... Reming. 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 Okay. Have we met before? I don't know that we've met in person. I don't think so either. Um, I know it's weird, right? Yeah. But it's... But I know you kind of went... You went to school with Chris Hepburn? I was roommates with Chris Hepper. Okay, so Chris basically was one of our creative services guys at um, at Activision. And I went to UCSB for a couple years. When we were there? I'm younger than you yeah, guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I stayed an extra bonus year just to <laughs> hang out in IV. That's exactly why I left UC Santa Barbara. Because Too many... people were not into school. And being a Chinese kid, uh, you know, first generation, I'm like, I have to get through school. I have to make something of my life. And I've always, you know, I started my internships in high school, you know. So it was Well, like, we shouldn't laugh. You've had a great career. I, you know, sure. It's not really what I wanted to do. Okay, but still, how many people have been VP of anything? Uh, okay. Right? right? Sure. I mean, I knew what I wanted to do, and that's why I went to USC. I knew I wanted to be in entertainment, and I knew I wanted to do PR because I knew I wanted to be behind the scenes. I don't like being in front, which is also why I wanted to do this, because I wanted to challenge myself. And push your boundaries a little. Yes, because I'm very uncomfortable talking about myself. You know, a lot of people are, and I don't understand it. Well, But I'll tell you, relax, because Mm -hmm. if afterwards you're driving home and you're like, God, I wish I hadn't talked about that thing. Just email me and we'll cut it out. <laughs> I know. Editing is great. I love editing. As long as it's not live, right? Yeah. It's a it's a good thing. And I honestly, you know, I media train people to be on camera, to do every interview under the sun, tough interviews, you know, Q&A. We always, like, write out all the answers for everyone. And, you know, 
I just, uh, yeah, I'm not interested in really promoting myself most of the time. But having gone through a crazy transition year of getting cancer and sort of, you know, heading into the next decade of my life, hopefully in a year or two, that, you know, I started this decade kind of already being like zero fucks given, right? But <laughs> Which is a great get, place to be. It is, but when you get cancer, you just go, oh, no one else runs your life and cares about your life as much as you should, right? And, you know, the companies will go on, they'll hire someone else, they'll do something else, but it's like the dedication, the life, the just the blood, sweat, and tears that I gave to you know, the first agency I was at, but also Activision for 12 years, it was like, ultimately, right? They don't care. They don't care whether I live or die. Uh, and, and not just them. Most, not just them. Not just them. And just any companies. That's what yeah. I'm saying. But any companies, really, yeah. right? Because we as humans are replaceable. Everyone's replaceable. Yeah. So it's up to you to sort of live your life the way that you sort of want, you know, it's and it's like a legacy thing also, right? Everyone's like, well, what's your legacy, Ruming? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm working on it still. I don't want to let go yet. I'm not, I'm not done. Also, legacies, you just never know what people are going to think. You know, they might, for example, John Wayne kind of have a, has a bad legacy now, you know, because of one Playboy interview. I mean, he might have been a bad guy all along, but... This guy was like a hero. They named an airport after him. Well, in Orange County, honey. Okay. <laughs> I tend not to go behind the orange curtain because of my skin color. Growing up here in L.A., like Orange County was just not somewhere that I enjoyed being. Ironic because you see Irvine. Well, that's now. And that's what the American So, so when, you were, right? when you were choosing colleges, mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll get to Activision and your cancer. Oh, my God. I didn't know. <laughs> we'll get to all those things in a second. But sure. let's let's talk about... When you were growing up in yeah. LA, because you're a native Angelino, right? Yes. Yeah, so I did. I grew up in Hancock Park and I did. I went to, you know, the private schools. I went to private all girls schools for six years, which I am now on the alumni leadership board of because when Trump was elected, I was like, oh my God, women are going to be under attack, right? We elected someone who basically said, grab women by the P and it was okay. And then he got elected and I was like, oh my God, I'm so afraid for the young women and their futures, right? So I did whatever I could at that point to just be like, how am I going to help young women <laughs> to just like be self-assured that we are equals on this planet, right? It's, it's, it was so mind-boggling. But anyway, so yeah, I grew up here in LA and I think um, it's definitely shaped who I am. Um, most of my family have deserted me and gone to, we're all on the West Coast, but I'm the only one in my immediate family who's still here. Which I can understand. Yeah. I mean, it's too much for them. LA is too much for yeah. them now. Uh, where did they move off to? San Francisco, outside of the city. Yeah. So South San Francisco and um, Seattle. And then my mom has a nice winter place uh, in Boulder City. Oh, nice. Yeah. What did your parents do when you were young? Because when I hear Hancock Park, yeah. I think you must have been loaded. No. But there are, there are lots of parts of Hancock Park. Well, not, I mean, in the 70s, it wasn't like, right, so, and here's a fun thing, because right now, I live on the west side, but I'm desperately trying to find a house back in the Hancock Park area, because that is where I feel like home, right? And I, you know, I love being close to the beach, but 
I just, there's something about Hancock Park that I just, it's just the homey feeling that I miss. And I just don't have that on the West Side. And trying to get back in, I mean, if I try to get back into the house that we grew up in, I mean, it, we probably bought it for like 100000 yeah. right? And now I think it's like four and a half, five million, probably, you know, something like crazy like that, right? Did they do but a lot of stuff to it? Well, they probably did. Yeah, because that was part of the reason why, you know, my mom, my mom sold it after my dad died mm. um, in the house. And it was, uh, you know, probably really traumatizing for her. She had three, you know, kids to kind of take care of. I mean, granted, I was 18, but, you know. What street are we talking? Uh, we were on Irving. In okay. between second and third. Okay. Yeah. Really close to Koreatown. Really close to Koreatown, but we were actually just um, t- three blocks up from the mayoral home. Oh. Yeah, so we were on that street. I so. took a picture of that the other day. Yeah. The Bra- well, I Bradley was there when we were there. But the reason that I took a picture of it is no cars in front of it. Nobody seems to care. There's no fence. Yeah. It's, it's kind of nice that L.A., is relatively chill as far as that goes. Yeah. I mean, during Black Lives Matter, there was protests outside of his uh, house. Right outside his house. But nothing bad happened to him. No. The cops may have gone overboard against the protesters. Ugh. But don't you think that that's interesting? And I think in any other big city, Hancock Park would either be a gated community sure. or the mayor would live on the other side of Wilshire sure. where there are gates. Sure. You know, but here it's... You mean like Reardon who didn't want to move into that house? Oh, is that what happened? Yeah, yeah. Reardon didn't live there. Well, he probably already had a nice house. He did. I think it was up in Bel Air. I yeah. think, if if I remember correctly. Yeah, why, why, why move? Who <laughs> likes to move? Why be amongst your constituents? Ms. PR lady. He's going to just run circles around me. You grew up in uh, this fancy part of town. Yes. Which you claim wasn't as fancy then as it is now. But there must have been some fancy... Well, the school that you went to... Yes. Clearly fancy. Well, not fancy. You just had to be really smart. And yes, have some money. But there was financial aid. But also, again... Chinese immigrant family education is number one, mm. right? So that's the only thing. You pool your resources and send your kids to the best school. I, because uh, I was trying to figure out Poon, your mm-hmm. last name Poon. Mm-hmm. And Google told me Korean, Chinese. Yeah, Chinese. But then, so I went to your Facebook uh-huh. and I clicked your mom's name. Uh-huh. Hers says Taiwanese. Yeah, she's from Taiwan. So, but do you identify? Well, she's actually not even from Taiwan. No, they're all... So, listen. I'm listening. I'm not... I'm a horrible Chinese child, right? Like, I don't... It was like the Mao Zedong era, right? Where it was like... They fled. Both my parents' families, quote-unquote, fled, right? So, she was... And this is where I'm a horrible child. She's literally told me that the city that she's been born in 800 times, and I cannot... (laughs) For some reason, I have this weird mental block of the name of the city. In and China. In China. Okay. So she was born in the southern region mm-hmm. in China. And my dad was born in Song- um, Shanghai. So their family went to Hong Kong. My mom's family went to Taiwan. And all oh. I know is, 
you know, they kind of fled. And when they did, you know, obviously, they, I think they had like photo albums and whatever it was. There was some heavy stuff in the luggage that people then thought was like bars of gold or something like crazy. And so they stole our stuff. No. So we don't really have like family heirlooms or anything. It's just wow. really sad for me who also, again, horrible Chinese child who hasn't studied all the history of... Obviously, we learned in school, and I'm so far removed from high school that it's like... Mm -hmm. But again, we can just talk about history books also. And so so she put this on her Facebook because that's where she escaped to. So she's got love for Yes, so that's she Taiwan. went to the number one. So my mom was in the, again, elite, like the top high school, and it was all girls, and they were the number one because that's how it was kind of like ranked in Taiwan, but it, it wasn't like a... It wasn't like a monetary thing. It was definitely just about how smart you were, right? And so she, it's just so funny because everyone's like, oh, my God, Ramin, you have so many friends. And it's like, yeah, because I've built up, I enjoy humans. Even though I'm an extroverted introvert, because of my career choice, I have to, I'm out there a lot, right? And so I've met a lot of cool people. But my mom, like, her Maybe it's not the quantity of friends, but it's definitely the quality. I mean, she's still all of their friends who they all went to this high school together. I mean, it's like 60 years later almost, and they're all still doing reunions, and they're all besties, and they're like, hey, you want to come stay at my house? Hey, let's go do a retreat. Hey, When did they move out here? So my parents met in, at Clemson University. In the South. Of course. So, I mean, this is where it's weird, right? And, and honestly, like, we just... When, when I think of Clemson, I think of Asian people. Yeah, no, right? And so they both had fantastic host families, you know. What made them choose L.A.? So, because they already had uh, one couple friends. They were my quote-unquote aunt and uncle, right? Yeah. Because in Asian culture, everyone's an aunt and an uncle. But they were already here mm. and had kind of started a business. I don't know which one because they have many businesses, mm -hmm. but... The one that I, my first job when I was like, probably shouldn't say this, but I was 12 <laughs> and I had like a quote unquote summer job, you know, was a textile company, a really? clothing, clothing company. In downtown? So, in downtown. And so I think that's, so wow. they were already here and they were basically my father's best friends from Hong Kong. And so... So you were working your booty off at 12. Hello, Chinese. Yes. Okay. Can we continue with the stereotypes? Yeah. Did you play piano or of violin? Course. Piano. I I took ballet. <laughs> I wanted to be a ballerina, but my mom didn't want me to destroy my body. So good took for me her. Well, I was very upset because I had great form. <laughs> I'm a weakling, so I probably would never have survived anyways. But before you know, we tested to go on Toshu. She was like, "No," and I was like, "What?" But I want to be the Swan in Swan Lake. <laughs> So that didn't happen. I was just a duckling. At uh, at Marlboro. Yes. How many Asians? Or what percentage would you say? Very small. Did that was that good or bad for you? It it wasn't. I mean, looking back on it, because now again being on the alumni board, right? Um, we do talk about you know the lack of diversity all throughout school, and it wasn't it wasn't easy. But it wasn't even that. It was also economic, right? Because we weren't, we were middle class. We were upper middle class, however you want to classify it, but still middle class. Mm -hmm. Whereas a lot of 
people that we went to school with were like heiresses <laughs> to, you know, and it's like celebrity kids, heiresses and just stuff like that where you're just like, well, we can't afford. So like I never went on, you know, exchange programs or the international trips, mm. um, you know, uh, you didn't get a car for your 16th birthday? Oh, I did not get a car for my 16th <laughs> birthday. I was lucky to be driving our family Volvo around. Okay. Did the boys hit on you, though? Of course. Well, I- yes. You're like, look at me. So, Duh. No, no, no. But it's, I, I and this but, is the funny thing, and this is the funny story that I tell. Honestly, I had a different boyfriend every year in school, but that's because I didn't put out. I didn't do anything. <laughs> With anyone, and I didn't realize. I was like, "We, why are they moving on? Like, why don't you want to just have phone calls and hold hands with me? I'm not kidding. I was like, what's happening? Where did this uh, come from? Are you religious? Did no, your no, parents no. teach you about this? So my this? dad was a doctor. Okay. And he, What kind of doctor? Well, he... So this is the interesting thing. Before we were born, he was doing... Uh, the, we just... So many. We could talk forever. Yeah. So he was doing research, I think, at USC on male contraception. Wow. Oh, yeah. So how far has that come? So he's a bad doctor. Well, no, because <laughs> men <laughs> like to whine about everything, right? So We oh, wouldn't take a pill if, if it was given to us? Not if there are side effects, right? Like, so, But we like have what? to take pills because there's, even though there's side effects, right? What are the side effects for the female I don't pill? Know. So the, a female, oh, my God, there's a ton. Like what? There's like mood stuff. You're, you, things you, hurt. She, body parts hurt. She, she's grabbing her boobs. <laughs> For those I'm of you who aren't them. here in my courtyard, I'm gesturing. So like, if if we if it would make us angry, let's say, or you guys had breast tender, I think so. This I have to read up on it, but the last time I read up on this, it was like there were side effects similar to what women had. Okay, but we take it. Yes, you, thank God. So, anyways, again, well, God bless your paw. Right, but he quit that because he wanted to be home for us. Because my mom worked for the city. And so she worked a nine to six, right? Mm-hmm. And so he became a professor at LA City College. Right, right, right down the block yeah, here. Right down the street. One subway here. stop away. <laughs> okay. So your pa said, look, honey, I'm trying to make less babies in this world. Don't make love to the first 15-year-old that you kiss. Oh, no. As a doctor, oh, we, we, he made us germaphobes. And we're still germaphobes to this day, for sure. Oh. Which is why I've done so knock on wood. Yeah. I haven't gotten COVID. Me neither. I haven't like it's I don't um I don't have a problem wearing masks. Don't have a problem washing my hands all the time. I mean, heaven forbid. I don't touch we've never touched doorknobs. So I, I don't touch and that's the funny thing is I started I just recently started dating a, a Navy SEAL and of course he's seen many, many crazy things in this world, right? So he you know, he signed up after nine eleven. Oh wow! To serve our country. Today is nine eleven, by the way. It is, which is crazy. So, um, so hold on now, Navy wait. Seal. Yeah. Wait a second. Okay. <laughs> How old is this Navy Seal? I'm not gonna say. Is he in his forties? He is. Yes. Now. Then that means he's got a great bod. <laughs> is this the best bod that you've uh, been with? Is my question. Very important question. Um, uh, listen, because I'll tell you, if I was a Navy, if I'm announcing that I'm a Navy SEAL, sure. my body better be friggin' is, great. He is very athletic. Yes. <laughs> and but I've dated athletes and I've dated rock stars. So everyone's uh-huh. been fit. Mostly. Mostly. Huh? Yeah. Well, good. Good for you. Yeah. 
Okay, let's go back to these 15-year-old boys that you were not giving anything to. Uh, yes, germaphobe. It's because of germs. Yeah, germs. I was like, you are not sticking your tongue in my mouth. Oh, ew. not even that? Oh, ew. Yeah, no. We don't share drinks. We don't, like... Huh. Yeah. It's, um... I've never... You know, I, I was a teenage boy once. Uh-huh. And once I tried to kiss a girl and her her lips were locked in... <laughs> She wasn't pushing me away, but her lips were locked in locked and her shut. tongue kind of poked out a tiny bit. I don't know if it wanted it or if it didn't, but I was like, what is wrong with me? She could have been a germaphobe is what you're yeah, telling me. Probably. Huh. So, I mean, junior year, I think I might have let a tongue slip and I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about this. Did, is this something that you could have asked your parents about? No. You have an older, older... I have an older sister. Could you have asked her? No. The family just does not talk about this subject. Uh, my younger sister and I do now. And so my mom does. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're all women left in the family now. There's but no I'm men But I'm saying when left. you were a teen... Oh, yeah, no. You, d- you felt like... Well, we had sex ed in schools. We went to nice private schools. I'm saying about your parents and, and okay. your, your family. Oh. No. Really? Is that a Chinese thing, too? Well, I think it's a... Uh, well, A, it's the, the times that we grew up in. A, it was sort of like after the sexual revolution, right? And it was like... Yeah. But, yeah, Chinese parents, no. I mean, you no. Don't talk about that. No way. Okay. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm furthest removed from a Chinese family sure. you can get. It's about studying <laughs> and do, getting good grades and why the hell aren't you getting good grades and you're grounded for Ugh. coming home late. You know... I mean, I think I did give my parents a lot of, uh, I was the most outgoing, and I think, unfortunately, I probably gave them some hard nights of, like, I mean, I always got home probably before midnight, Mm -hmm. but I'm sure they were worried that I was doing something crazy, and I was literally, like, and I don't drink, because I'm also, I found out my junior year, I was allergic. Yep. Um, Also... uh well, we, we can't digest the enzymes properly. However, I go into anaphylaxis, right? So I try to drink alcohol, and then my throat starts closing. I did find that out junior year. We went to a house party instead of a dance, and it was not fun. So why on earth did you go to UC Santa Barbara? You know, the beer well, comes out of the water faucets there. I know. Well, that's also why I left, right? Because of all the weed smoking, too. Because I've never smoked weed in my life. <gasps> I've never done Challenge drugs. accepted. I know, listen. Look under your chair. No, I know. <laughs> listen, I've never done drugs either. And it's like, I... What? Yes, and I was a raver in the early 90s. You never did ecstasy? Never did. Always had a pill on me, <laughs> just in case. An emergency hit. I did. I had an emergency because <laughs> all my friends were DJs and, you know, the actual event producers. <laughs> And I just, um, do you still have this emergency hit? I actually threw it out when I moved, uh, at some point into this house. So, okay, hold on. Let's back up just a little bit. Yeah. When did you get over your germaphobia and you're like, sir, today's your lucky day. Was this college? Yeah. Santa Barbara or USC? Santa Barbara. You entered as a freshman at UC Santa Barbara. Yes. What dorm were you in? Anna Kappa. That's Beach the one. View. Yeah. It Beach View, furthest away from. You're, furthest away from Isla Vista. Yeah. Yeah. But. Um, In fact, when, when I was first introduced to Santa Barbara, that dorm was the dorm that had this lawn that all the girls were just sunbathing yes. in their bikinis yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. Were you one of those ladies at I some was. point? Yeah. Right absolutely. On. Yeah. 
Okay, so you're having a good time in Santa Barbara. Sure. And you meet a man. Um, there was lots of boys that I was interested in, but this is, again, the, the ridiculous thing, right? Like, inexperienced Romaine goes, oh, I want my first boyfriend. Like, real boyfriend. Okay, you think any of these 18-year-old freshmen were like, oh, yeah, I totally want a girlfriend right now. No. God, no. So I'd, like, make out with boys and be like, want to be my boyfriend? No. No. <laughs> no. No. Especially that school. Well, right, but I didn't, so... I mean, the joke there was, like, a date where where would we even go on a date but that's the thing it's like honestly and you asked why i went to santa barbara because it was you know my dad had been sick since i was 12 Mm. and i wanted to quote unquote move away from home just to experience something yep right and it was gorgeous there you know and so and it was close enough right it was an hour and a half driving fast no big deal to come home you know if something happened with my father yeah and so, yeah, freshman year, I, I, I had fun, made out with some boys, yes. and desperately wanted someone to be my boyfriend. <laughs> it was like, I mean, I made out with some cute boys, but it was like, <laughs> hello, no, no, you don't want, you don't want girlfriend, no, okay. I mean, it's like, I, I'm, but this is what I'm saying. It's like, just being super inexperienced and delusional. Is right? this, is this something that, that the Daily Nexus, the college paper, should have on the first edition? A, you're not going to get a boyfriend your freshman year. They probably B, should. you should probably break up with your high school boyfriend, too. We didn't have any of those. I don't Good. think. I mean, most n- none that I knew of. <laughs> not one single one that I knew of had, like, a high school sweetheart that they were communicating with. No. But it was, um, I mean, it was gorgeous when we were there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know on your one-year anniversary show, you were talking about Halloween and they, the RA scared the living daylights out of us, right? Because this was still early 90s. Okay. And it was when it was the peak of, like, the insanity. Yeah. And they were like, don't get raped. Don't lose your, you know, don't lose your partner in crime. Like, watch out for them. Because if you separate and they get drunk and get raped, like, it was gnarly. <laughs> it was gnarly. So we literally, the first <laughs> Halloween, we, like, all were, like, all the freshman girls were like, we locked arms from our dorm and we like, we're walking down P- DP trying not to get separated, trying not to get accosted, trying not to, you know, and it's like, to be honest, this is also why I don't like Halloween. It's, it's not for everybody that street because, okay, back then there's like 40, 50,000 people yes, on the street. it was insane. Everybody's in crazy costumes. In fact, I think there were some pornos made during your era. Oh, great. College F Fest, I believe oh, really? was part of your great. era. Um, where actual movie crews would come in. Are you kidding? No. I never saw them. I didn't either. When I say, like, I don't like Halloween, I still don't like Halloween now. Being being a goth girl, like, that's, like, <laughs> blasphemous to say. But I'm like, I like to stay home a lot of the times on Halloween because yeah. men are dressed up in a mask, whatever it is, and they hide behind it and you get accosted. And yeah. I've been accosted one too many times mm. that it's just not fun for me. And like mm-hmm. you look at them, you're like, I don't know who you are. Right? right. And it's like you can't identify them. And so Halloween has never been sort of my favorite thing um, to go out during. Like if someone has a house party, love it. Get dressed up. Yeah. Have fun. You know, but not being out there and that's why I've never done the West Hollywood, you know, Halloween really? thing. No, I just remember and honestly, again, being a germaphobe, I don't really love being in like a crowd of like a hundred to five hundred thousand humans. <laughs> right? Especially now post pandemic or during the pandemic, it was like 
you know, I still wear my mask to Disneyland. I have an annual pass and mm. I'm outdoors and still like there's too many humans coming at me. I can't, can't handle it. Let's uh, shift gears mm -hmm. to Activision. Sure. You just told me before we turned the mics on that you worked for Guitar Hero. I was basically the lead PR on globally for, for Guitar Hero. And I almost, the funny thing is I had almost left Activision before my boss literally said, hey, listen, we bought something called Guitar Hero you'll get to work with your musician friends. Will you stay? Because at that point, I had done all the Tony Hawk really? games. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I, that's how you know Chris. Because uh, Chris had, had worked on the very first yeah, Tony Hawk. Yeah, but he Hawk. was at Activision, right? Yeah. So, and, that was, and he was a creative services for us. Yeah. But yeah, I, I oversaw all the PR um, for all the Tony Hawk games for six and a half years. So I launched, we, we attempted to launch like a secondary brand for all the action sports titles. So I, I, I got to work, this is what I'm saying, I worked with so many athletes. Mm -hmm. um, but then I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I can't get wait, any more cover stories. Like, and it was just, um, so I got moved over to all the Marvel movie games because I like working with talent and I do it well. So like Marvel versus Capcom? No, 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 no. That's the, uh, so Spider-Man. Okay. Uh, Fantastic Four, X-Men. Um, yeah, so I think I've Marvel before it was cool to be Marvel. It was, and it, to be honest, it was, it was when journalists were giving us hell for making movie games. They hated the movie games. They did? Yeah, they absolutely hated them because they just thought they were never good games. And it's really hard, right? Because huh. to make a game, right, your coding and all that stuff has to be done so early before the movie's done. Mm -hmm. And so you're sort of, it's really hard to make side by side like good games and but now it's better right because the lead time for films is also the same thing the amount of cg and all that stuff yeah so i give so much love and props to guitar hero for this i'm 55 yeah i grew up with classic rock yeah guitar hero brought back classic rock to a generation that would never have seen it because there's no mtv now Unless they they love their uncle, or unless they love their dad, yeah. good luck, yeah. and want to hear their dad's music, sure. they're not going to be listening to Hearts Barracuda. Yeah, and that's the first <laughs> song on Guitar Hero. <laughs> Shoot, which one? I don't know. I have all of them in my garage. But, so. Or they're not going to listen to Aerosmith, who got their own disc. You know what I'm saying? Ben you Halen. guys, you guys brought back all this great music and delivered it to primarily, I would assume kids well it was a huge demographic so it wasn't just primary right so it was i mean it was the biggest game on the planet for for a minute yeah for a few minutes um so yeah it was super fun but also you know for me it was really hard being an environmentalist to deal with all the plastic guitars that we were putting out there <sighs> yeah and that's well what, uh, what how else are we supposed to do it uh, and those guitars were great we didn't so this is where I had to 
this was one of the reasons why I left Activision, right? It's, you know, they're they're a business, right? So they're here to make money and mm-hmm. but but give a great product, you yeah. know, to make that money. However, for me, I just didn't think we needed sort of like new guitars every year or collectible this, collectible oh. that, and it was just so much plastic being generated mm. that, you know, on top of that. When I left, I don't know that they had actually figured out a way to properly recycle all the components. Mm-hmm. And you can't just send it to China and be like, here, deal with it. Right. Um, so that was... I, 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 again, this is why I love talking to people. I would never have guessed that that would have been even one of ten reasons why you would leave that great job. Yeah. Well, the other reason was, you know, <laughs> what, why the lawsuit is happening. So, Interesting. Yeah. Okay, can we talk about the nice parts about Guitar Hero, though? Sure. Because it's a huge hit. Yeah. Um, but I'm some, still friends to, with Slash to this day because of it. Some organizations and some people have just as much problems when things are very successful as when things are not successful. How is Activision during Guitar Hero's six-year run? I mean, again, I left during that, right? <laughs> Um, it was there any point where people were like satisfied and were like, hell yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, the consumers were, but you also have to remember, I mean, there's a lot of tough stuff, right? Because we kind of hit the peak right as the recession was about to start. Right. And so the fact that we wanted to put out so many SKUs in the same year at full price, uh, I said, maybe we shouldn't be doing this, but mm. I'm a publicist, so right. they don't care what I say, right? But on top of that, you know, again, I left because of some toxic, toxic male behavior. Our our industry has had problems, but it's uh, most industries have had problems, right? Yeah. It's sort of like being, you know, is it weird to say that I'm a feminist now? It's like, I don't know. Are we Why would that be weird? Word? I don't know. It's like... Shouldn't we all be feminists? We should all be equal. Have Humanists. A yeah. And so that's where I have a problem. I don't trust this country. This country who elected someone who, again, <laughs> we'll go back to the beginning of this podcast, uh, talked about grabbing women. Mm-hmm. By our privates. And getting away with it. And getting away with it and, like, bragging about it. Yeah. Honestly, and this is where I say, like, I had nightmares about him being reelected and me and my family ending up in an internment camp. Mm-hmm. To be honest, like, these were the nightmares that I was having. Yeah. Because that was where our country was trending towards, was, like, Asian hate. No big deal. Nobody cares whatever, beat up and kill old Asian folks for just walking down the street. because In, in their own idiot, neighborhoods. Because idiot called it the Asian flu. Right. The China virus, whatever the hell he was calling it, it was like all the racism, all the sexism, all the stuff. It was like I was losing faith in our country. Absolutely. I don't blame you, and maybe I'm just an over-optimist, but I look at it like... The people who support that kind of stuff, they know that it's almost over for them. They see television and they see They're all the faces. They're still elected. Yeah, this is the last bloom. I uh, mean, from your lips to whomever's ears, uh, I don't know. A lot of times flowers bloom right before they die. 
because oh they know God. this is it. And I think that that's what happened. They, they know that the tables are turning. And I think Obama scared them. Obama, Obama scared the living Because Obama was so damn good. And, and they're like, well, let's just put all our money on a guy that kind of sounds like us, but he's also rich. Let's see what he can do. Well, sorry, Jethro. He can't do much. Well, but they still, but the cult of him is still it's it's alive and well. To be honest, I mean, they're it's still, alive. They they've donated so much money to they him. They did. They did because they believe in his nonsense. They do, and he's the ultimate grifter. Yes. Okay, I don't want to talk about politics. Fine. This makes me really, really, Good. really sad. Good. And upset. Don't be sad. Okay. It's changing. Okay. Katie Porter from your Orange County. She's awesome. Is awesome. So smart. I AOC mean, is awesome. But electing smart people is so, it's like foreign. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like the people, oh my God, on the, I, I just, I don't know. I Politics is crazy. And like, listen, politicians, it's hard to stay clean and be a politician, I think. It is. So. Okay, we have two more topics. Okay. One you may not even want to talk about. Okay. But you've been so open in this interview. I get myself into trouble because no, I'm too no, honest no, no, and no. open. No. I do. No, in life I do. What kind of trouble? I guess not really bad right. trouble. <laughs> people should just relax. Well, no, listen. I could write a book and actually get people in trouble. But you There's wouldn't. Some, I have a lot of... Well, I might. Really? I might. Because I think there's some people who don't necessarily deserve all the success that they have because they're not good people. What astrological sign are you? I'm a cusp. I am too. Mm -hmm. I think it's best to be the cusp. I think so too. You get a little of both. I'm very versatile. Yeah. Okay. Asian fetish. Oh, yeah. I have been watching a lot of TikToks lately. I don't. Well, I mean, I still kind of feel like I was good in social media. Yeah. And the only way to like stay good at stuff is Absolutely. to just yeah. keep learning. Absolutely. So I've been watching a lot of TikToks. Okay. And a lot of, some of the Asian young ladies are talking about Asian fetish. Oh no. And I'm confused by this. Okay. Because if you, if you like something, are you fetishizing it? So when I was in college, they, uh, Budweiser had this, and get, you get to meet the Swedish bikini team. Did we have a Swedish fetish? No. No. But it's, so it is. So I, I do have, I definitely have an opinion about this because it was obviously, because now like K-pop's huge, all this. It's like, it's a, it's little, it's a bit more like a part of quote unquote normal culture now. Yeah. To be Asian. But I can tell you like. You know, I had someone at USC who wanted to sleep with me because he had never slept with an Asian gal before, right? Yeah. And definitely was like a novelty thing, right? Yeah. And that's something that's that's always been a trigger for me is like, so do you actually like me as a person and as a human? Or it's because you have a weird Asian thing that you need to tick off your to-do list or your fetish box or whatever it is, right? Yeah. And so, but I also don't give people hell for it necessarily if it's a preference, right? Because 
I got called out for it. They're like, well, what do you date? And I was like, oh, I guess I mostly only date white guys, right? <laughs> and and so I was like, yeah, I guess it's not a, it's a preference, not a fetish. But when you mm. fetishize and you think like, because growing up or having, you know, my younger years, there were definitely men who were like, really, and it just comes out in weird ways where they're like, well, why aren't you more subservient? Or like, why aren't you more accommodating to me? Or like, why? And I'm just like, why? Because I'm an Asian woman? I was like, I'm sorry. If you actually go into an Asian, like a Chinese (laughs) family home, guess who's running the the home? (laughs) It's the mom. It's the grandma. Yep. Right? In a lot of cultures, right? For sure. And maybe not outwardly, but when you come home, oh, you do not mess with mom. (laughs) Right. So... It's just weird to think that it was such a, a, a stigma or something, a fetish, that Asian women were subservient. So, so it sounds to me that the fetish is less about the ethnic background and more about a power struggle. That, that these men just want a yes man, basically. Yeah. B- but who's a woman? Sure. And a, right. And, uh, you know, we're not bad looking. <laughs> <laughs> and we're usually on the petite side, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think all of that adds up, right. right, into something that they consider an Asian fetish. I don't know what's happening on TikTok, so I don't know what you're referring to, and I don't know what the young women are experiencing these days. Yeah. I don't know. Well, um, it's also social media, so they could be getting messages that are disgusting that they would never have had in real life. Sure. But because it's social media, they're going to get them. But we've had them in real life when we were growing up. I bet. For sure. I bet. Because it was un- it was different, though. That's the whole thing. It's like, especially growing up here, you know, in Hancock Park in L.A., it wasn't, like, overrun with Asians or anything, right? So your preference for white men are because they will be subservient to you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, it's, a, it's, it's just who you find attractive, right? I also think, though, when you are... I love gingers. Let's just put, put this out there. Oh, it goes people, even that far. Yeah, people, like, give me all kinds of hell, including my best friend. Who, by the way, sometimes has red hair. Okay. And big, gorgeous blue eyes. Yeah. Do, do you prefer them tall? Your size? I like them. I like men to be taller than me. Yes. So big, tall, redheaded man is Not what you're looking for. big and tall. I just like them taller than me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Because I... you like to wear heels. These are incredible heels you have on them. And take a picture of these before Thank you leave. You. Because um, I have a foot fetish. Well, I've <laughs> listen, I've had a painting uh, uh, and... Like photo sessions of my feet, yes. You have? Oh, yeah. Does that freak you out? No. If somebody did have an Asian fetish, would that freak you out? It doesn't freak me out. If if it wasn't about the subservient thing, if it was just about the aesthetics. Yeah. I don't have a problem. Great. I don't have a problem. I don't know why people really would if it's just about looks. Because if if somebody is like, I kind of like sort of chubby bald dudes. Yeah. I'd be like, hello. Everybody has a preference. Yeah, right? everyone has their preferences, and that's what it comes down to. If it's just an aesthetic thing, right? But for me, obviously, it's a personality thing, right? It's yeah. Like, and well, you're gonna have to talk to the guy at some point. Exactly. So you know, my Navy Seal is just one of the sweetest, kindest, gentlest. You know. Is he a ginger? He's not a ginger. Oh. Would <laughs> Would you dye his hair? No. If you could, God no. Am I right? No, 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 no. But it's like, but, you know. Life is short. It's your ultimate aesthetic, like, preference, right? It's like, it was ridiculous. I went to to Ireland for St. Paddy's Day, and I was like, oh, my God. 
They're so amazing. Was it really great to be there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, my mom, honestly, like when I was super into blondes, my mom was like, you must have been a Viking in a former life. <laughs> and I was like, okay, sure, maybe. Okay, let's finish up with Hancock Park. Okay. Is there anywhere good to eat in Hancock Park specifically? Or do you have to go out a little bit? No, on Larchmont? Larchmont is Hancock Park? Yeah. I call that Larchmont Village. That's a street. It's a, it's a neighborhood. No, that's Hancock Park. Or Windsor Square, whatever you want to call it. It's all, that's what we consider Hancock Park. Because I grew up, so. Where, where do you eat on Larchmont? My favorite go-to place is Le Petit Greek. Le Petit Greek? Uh-huh. It's a Greek place. Yeah. Hoppa! And they've been there since I was little. What do you get there? I get, okay, I have to, the lemon potatoes, but I get the Greek salad. Sometimes I'll get a gyro. I don't get, like, too crazy. Sometimes I'll do that. I think there's a shrimp salad. There's, like, three really good pizza places on Larchmont, too. Yeah, I think Z Pizza is good, and I don't, it, listen, I, I don't go out there as often yeah. as I'd like to just because traffic and all this crazy stuff. Yeah. But, you know, we used to go to Chandara. It was too spicy <gasps> for me. Oh, it was. Yeah, I'm a wuss. I am Lu too. Lucy's El Adobe, like, amazing. Yeah. Um, on Melrose, right? Yeah, it's on Melrose. Yeah. So that's, that's Hancock Park. Yeah. So hold on. So my friend has a restaurant called Cali, and then I love Oats. Uh, Cali is C A L L E. No, K A L I. Cali, like that. Yeah. And then Osteria oh. Mama and that Panda Express and that Pavilion. <laughs> Love that place. I mean, I used to go there all the time. I haven't been there probably in a decade, but you know. Why aren't there Panda Expresses in all of them? Because you're right. Providence. Oh, my God. Providence. My friend's restaurant, Providence. It's, well, that's kind of fancy for me. It's so amazing, though. <laughs> it's I worth mean, it. It is worth it. Like, if you absolutely. I mean, go there at least once to treat yourself. It's just, I, mm, so good. <laughs> Just so good. What do you get at Providence? Well, you have, we do the tasting. Oh. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm not that it's fancy. Tasting. And then also Ray Publique is further out from Hancock Park, but mm -hmm. Walter is one of my favorite chefs as well. Ray Publique is on La Brea. It's on La Brea. Just north of, of Wilshire. Yes. It, closer to 6th. Right. And then Angelini Osteria. I mean, I name all these chefs, So, and this is something that you also don't know. Is I name all these chefs because I've known these guys for a couple of decades, decade, mm. two decades and a half, because my aunt and uncle started um, a big charity event called Pure Del Sol for the Special Olympics, where we literally would have all of these amazing chefs, uh, you know, for Sunday brunch um, on the pier in Santa Monica. Oh. Yeah, and so, so I've been really spoiled, and so I love food. Does I this event food. still happen? So obviously not during the pandemic. Right, and we but it's coming back? Well, we couldn't get it together for this year because it's normally the okay. first or second Sunday but, in but, October. But the so. idea of being able to have some of the best chefs in L.A. Yes. in one spot. Absolutely. Santa Monica Pier, yeah. which is a place that yeah. locals don't go to yes. a lot. Yeah. Well, that's why I think we're going to try to make it more central. So we'll see. We're, we're working on it. I don't mind the pier if there's something worth it. I know, but it, people get very segmented. So you're doing, a, you know, your show's about... LA neighborhoods and about getting out of your bubble well but a lot of people don't like to and especially with traffic the way it is yeah still it's like it's just gnarlier and gnarlier and people just don't do it let's talk about your cancer yes let's end on the lovely topic I'm alive of the big C definitely yeah what kind of cancer do you have I have thyroid cancer 
So it's so this is where where it gets a little bit annoying, but it's fine and great because when I was diagnosed, every doctor was like, "Hey, if you're gonna get any cancer, this is the best one to get." Oh, but still, you're just like, "Hi, I have cancer," and you it's unpredictable, right? And everyone's different. Do you go to this uh, cancer Kaiser spot? No, no. Where do you go? Um, so I did my surgery at C at Cedars, but. I'm a unusual case also because unfortunately I did have a biopsy in 2005 and it was eh, deemed probably not cancer and then nobody followed up like hey oh. you should probably get another biopsy and so it was probably growing in me and they can't say for sure but probably for the 17 years wow. and so it did even though it's a slow growing cancer this one had spread. So they took out my entire thyroid, which is why also my ho my voice is hoarse now. So I get um, hoarse very easily mm. because it's all around your vocal cords. Um, so you won't be able to sing very much at the Duran show? Unfortunately, I, it's really my singing voice is a little bit whacked out. So I do. I am going to start doing more probably um, vocal and speech therapy mm -hmm. so that I can sort of keep my voice. But um they took out all the lymph nodes underneath it because um, to test, but those also turn out to be 100% cancerous also. So Wow. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Has this made you more or less religious? I'm not religious. Nor so it hasn't changed a thing? No. No, I mean, we were raised. So, I mean, this is the whole thing. It's like we were raised with Buddhist traditions. Oh. Right? We would do, you know, like we honor our ancestors, yep. stuff like that. And you honestly... You're just supposed to be good to other any other living being, including plants, yep. right, and insects or anything, and you know, reincarnation maybe, maybe not. I don't know, you know, but reincarnated as a person, as anything depends. Are you a shitty person? You're going to go back to the beginning. Wow. I think I don't. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see what happens. How great was Reeming? You know who we'd give all of our Guitar Hero guitars to? Our Patreons. When you stoke us, you're saying, Tony, Jordan, here's some cash. Buy a new video game system. Take a break, Driver 8. So shout out to our Patreons. Nancy Rommelman, Sean Atlow, Matt Mills, Sean Wallace, Greg and Molly, Jamie Taylor, Mark Johnson, Kira Ann, Barney Grinke, Ben Welsh, Jen Adams, Trevor Wilson, Bree Wild, Dougie Gyro, Christina of North, Robin Carey, and Adam Shorn. Want to support this fine podcast that features beautiful souls like Reeming? Go to patreon.com slash here in LA and give till it hurts. Also shout out to our Angelinos. To be an Angelino, all you got to do is PayPal is 25 bucks or more. And we will list you on the Here in LA website or Medium blog forever. Just PayPal your hard-earned cash to busblog at gmail.com. Want to support us, but you vacationed in Chicago for a week and now you're tapped out? You can still hope. You can still hope. You can also still help. Post your favorite episode on your Facebook. Oh my God, post two. Tweet something nice about us. Anytime you see me tweet about an episode, retweet it. And for God's sake, tell your friends. Tell them how Here in LA is spelled. And then it's on Amazon and Apple and Google Podcasts, even on Spotify. Here in LA is produced by myself, Tony Pierce, and a man who only fetishes brass instruments, Jordan Katz. Editing, mixing, and music supervision by Jordan Katz. Songs by Orgone and Jordan Katz. Special thanks to Cindy for creating the logo, Jen for inspiring this, and PR people everywhere who tell us the cool things before we know it's cool. 
Long live Coolio! Long live Coolio!